Hi everyone, welcome to Pain and Power, an African American history podcast. I'm your host, Queen. Hi guys, welcome and welcome back. Pain and Power, episode 25, Emmett Till. Okay, guys, getting into Emmett Till's story, I just want to start off with saying that Emmett was brave and courageous. Like, when God said, be strong, be courageous, man, Emmett Till was like the epitome of that. Like, everyone knows the story of Emmett Till, and if you haven't heard, well, you're going to hear it now, okay? I said he was brave and courageous because of how frightening he must have been You know, when he was beaten and, you know, suffered, everything that Emmett Till went through, he went through all of that on his own by himself, just him and some monsters. Like, no one was there for, you know, to comfort him. No one was there to support him. He had to chin up and chest out and take that terrible thing. Like, he endured that on his own. And, I can only imagine because he was 14, only 14. Um, Mercy, you know, like, mercy. Okay, so the tragedy of Emmett Till happened in August of 1955. And yet today in 2023... His relevance is of still of great importance. Like some people feel that the tragedy is what really sparked the beginning of the civil rights movement. People were so disgusted with with how things went down with Emmett. Um, His bravery had to come from his mother because the strength she exuded was unmatched to have an open casket funeral so the world can see what racism and evil people had done to her son, her family, and the whole world. Emmett Lewis Till was born July 25, 1941, in Chicago, Illinois. He was the son of Mammy Carthen and Lewis Till. Till's mother was from a small town, Webb, Mississippi, down in the Delta. When she was two years old, her family moved to Argos, Illinois. And that was part of the Great Migration where rural black families from the South headed north to escape the violence and lack of opportunity and unequal treatment from the law. During that time, it was the Jim Crow laws um, and segregation was really a bitch, you know, down there in the South. Um, In the 1950s, Mississippi was the poorest state in the United States. Um, The Delta counties was some of the poorest in Mississippi. In the rural areas, economic opportunities was almost non-existent. Um, And with segregation, you know, that came with separate drinking fountains, separate restrooms, separate movie theaters, separate schools. Um, White was considered superior. Black people were going out of their way, you know, for white folks. Um, on some head down, nose clean type stuff. Like black men were getting lynched left and right for any interaction or association with a white woman. Like hundreds of thousands of black people fled Mississippi for Chicago. Um, Mammy Carthen was an only child. She graduated at the top of her class and held a civil, civil, civil service job. 
Um, and back then that was very rare for a black woman. Um, she probably was like the first black woman in her neighborhood to hold that type of job. Um, cause you know, it'd be like one from every neighborhood and she was that one from her neighborhood. Her parents were former sharecroppers. Um, so they were very proud of her and they had high hopes for her. Um, in 1940, she married Louis Till. He was a soldier. Um, now it's some controversy connected with Louis Till name. Um, so behind that was that Louis Till was allegedly arrested for domestic violence for abusing Mammy and his options. Okay, so he was arrested for domestic violence. And then I guess some that may have continued and Mammy had put out a restraining order against him. And he's supposed to violate the restraining order. And he had two options, um, jail or the military. He chose the military. Um and he died overseas serving in the United States Army during World War II. Apparently, he was court-martialed on two accounts of rape and one account of murder in Italy. He was found guilty and was executed by hanging. Now, all of this news, Louis Till family was oblivious. Um, they didn't know nothing about this. Um, his family had no information surrounding the circumstances of his death. The family was told only that his death was due to willful misconduct. Uh, me personally, I believe he was, you know, lied on, set up by co-defendants, maybe wrong place, wrong time, um, guilty by association, or maybe just being black. Um, because I read in one of the sources, and I will link all sources in the show notes, that he his only crime it could have been just being a crime for being black i don't know you guys because all of this controversy and scandal didn't come out about lewis till until after the brutal brutal murder and kidnapping of emmett till and it seemed like the white media and press was just trying to slander and discredit Emmett Till in every way possible. And along with that came the news of his dad, which may or may not be true, if you ask me. That's just my opinion, you know. Um, Louis Till was executed July 2nd, 1945 in Pisa, Italy, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Is that right? Okay, I'm not sure. i get back to you guys with that. And other reports say that Louis Till was um, just drafted into the army. So, you know, different reports say different things, different sources say different things. And I'm just storytelling. So I'm just letting you guys um, be informed about what it is that I read. And like I said, again, I will link all sources in the show notes. So one, one source said that he was, had the option of going to jail or to the military because he was being abusive towards Mammy. And another source said that he was just drafted into the army. And, you know, these stories were, uh, like I said, possibly made up to discredit the family because I seen a whole documentary about, um, Emmett and Mammy herself was speaking and she never once spoke ill of Emmett's father. Um, she didn't really speak much of him at all. So, I don't know how true the accounts are. I know most of the account of the storytelling I'm doing today is coming from her. Okay. So one year after marrying, after marrying each other, Louis, Louis um, and Mammy, Emmett was born in 1945. And his father had passed away. Um, 
And when his father passed, the only thing that Mammy received was Louis Till's ring. And it was inscribed with his initials, LT. Um, Emmett was four years old. And as a kid, he had a stutter that um, was caused by polio. He had a childhood disease of polio, and it caused him to have a stutter. He grew out of that stutter, and he was described as a funny, outgoing young man. He was handsome. He was the center of attention. He was confident. He was self-assured. Um, Emmett finished the seventh grade, and he turned 14 July of 1955. And let's see. Emmett's birthday is, I just said it, July 25th. So he was a Leo. So all those things I can bet were absolutely true. I can just imagine how outgoing and center of attention he was, you know. And during that time, um, segregation was, it was like a law that passed that segregation was ending in the North. So Chicago, which was once segregated, you know, because black kids and white kids wasn't going to the same schools as it kind of is now. Well, no, it's kind of a lot blended now, but um, segregation was ending. And so, you know, white kids and black kids, you know, they was hanging. They wasn't possibly hanging out, I doubt it, but they was interacting in the same social settings without having to be separate, okay? Um, so Emmett was basically that that boy. So um, August of 1955, Emmett's great-uncle Mose Wright visited Chicago and invited Emmett and his cousin to Mississippi. Um, and they were excited for going. They were happy for going. Um, before letting the boys go, Mammy schooled them on Mississippi and how it was in Chicago and very much still segregated. And, you know, the people that lived in Mississippi were basically living by a different set of rules, you know, like stay out of the way of white people. They quote unquote superior. Um, so Emmett thought that his mom was exaggerating and she said that she was to a point and if she can go back to that time, she'll exaggerate harder just to stress the point a bit more of how serious it was, you know. Um, she just wanted him to know that to be careful while dealing with white people. Um, before leaving for the train, Mammy gave Emmett his father's ring with his initials LT. Um, the train ride from Chicago to Mississippi Delta was 16 hours. Um, down in the Delta, Emmett and his cousins picked cotton for half the day. They went swimming. His cousins stated that they had a great time. They had fun. So the town of Money, Mississippi was very small. Um, it was a four-store street. And Money, at the end of the street, was a grocery store called Brian's Grocery, where, you know, people went for refreshments and children went for candy. The store was owned by a 24-year-old ex-soldier named Roy Bryant and his wife, Carolyn um, Bryant. They lived behind the store with their two sons. They owned the store. Um, Roy's half-brother, J.W. Milam, he helped out around the store um, as a working hand. He had a reputation for drinking a lot and having a mean attitude. He was a big man. Um, 
And I guess that's all I can say about him. Um, so it was a Wednesday afternoon when Emmett and his cousins rode to Money, Mississippi for refreshments. Um, they just had a long day of picking cotton. They had some change they wanted to spend. Roy Bryant was out of town and Carolyn was running a store by herself. Two at a time, the children was going into the store. Emmett's cousins were going in the store and they were coming out with pieces of candy or something cold to drink, um, Mississippi in the summertime, probably bacon hot. Um, and then Emmett went into the store and got two cents worth of bubble gum um, and supposedly whistled at Carolyn on his way out of the store. Um, Carolyn stormed out of the store. Emmett's cousin stated that they thought she was like storming out of the store to go get a gun. They were scared and they didn't wait around to find out what it is she was seeking to find because they got right out of there. Um, the cousin stated that Emmett begged them not to tell his Uncle Mose, um, so they didn't tell. They said, <clears throat> the cousin stated that it was a Wednesday. Um, and by Friday, they had forgotten all about the incident. They forgotten all about it. Um, and about that whistling and the bubble gum situation, um, I previously stated that Emmett had a childhood um, disease of polio and it caused him to have a stutter. And in a documentary that I watched, which I will link in the show notes, Emmett's mother was saying that... Um, she kind of taught him to whistle a little bit to help him get over the stutter. Now, I don't know if he intentionally whistled or if he even whistled at all or if that was just a way of him getting past that B word for bubble gum um, because that the cousins was were saying that Emmett was kind of, you know, um, bragging about having like a white girlfriend in Chicago and things like that. And even if that wasn't true, you know, it's just a little boy talk and he definitely possibly could have dated a white girl in Chicago because it wasn't so segregated as Mississippi. So by Sunday, it was the early morning hours, Mose Wright stated he heard a voice saying, that it was Roy Bryant and he wanted the boy that was down at the store. Moe stated that the man had a pistol and a flashlight. Roy Bryant and J.W. Milam made Emmett Till get dressed in the middle of the night, the wee hours of the morning. They took him, they kidnapped him at gunpoint. Emmett Till's story made me feel so sad and so guilty because he didn't deserve anything that happened to him. Every bruise, every blow he endured, he faced that alone and he didn't deserve it. Like, he just didn't deserve it. Like, I have a son. My son will be 16 this year. And and he's a Leo, um, a star sign Leo. And I know how confident and mature and independent they are. But just as well as they confident, mature, and independent, they still just young boys. And he's a good boy. And I can imagine Emmett was a good boy, probably very smart. And so much a mama's boy. His mother was only child. He was her only child, like... 
I just, my heart be so hard for Emmett Till, like, and I, I feel guilty, and we all should feel guilty, because even when our ancestors and people go through all this hate and racism, and they die behind these things, the way that the world is still messed up today is disgusting, and it's despicable, you know, um, and as we know, justice was not served, never. Um, imagine Moe's right having to break the news to his niece that two white men came pistol-toting in the middle of the night and took her only son. Imagine that guilt and that pain that he felt. He invited him down there, you know, and the guardian supposed to protect him. And something like this happened. Mammy was strong. Emmett was strong, just like his mother, and it was a nightmare. Um, Moe's right pleaded with the men. Emmett Till was beaten to death. He was shot, dumped in a river with a, a cotton gin fan tied around his neck with barbed wire, um, weighing his body down. In Chicago, Mammy notified the local newspaper of Emmett's disappearance. She put forth all efforts to get her son back in Mississippi. The family in Mississippi, the family alerted the sheriff and began looking for Emmett themselves. Roy Bryant and J.W. Milam was arrested August 31st, three days after he disappeared. Emmett's body was found in a river by two young boys that was fishing. Emmett's body had been weighed down by a 75-pound cotton gin fan tied around his neck with barbed wire. Like, speechless. I'm just speechless. Emmett was so disfigured, he was only identified by his father's ring. Mammy was devastated. Two weeks after kissing her son goodbye to Mississippi, she was receiving a death. She was receiving his body back in a casket. You know, um, Emmett's body was sent to A.A. Rayner's funeral home. They promised Mississippi authorities that they wouldn't open the casket, but Mammy wasn't having that. She wanted to see her son. A terrible odor came from the body from being in the water. Mammy stated that her son's tongue was choked out. One of his eyes were bulged out. His nose was chopped up. He had a hole in the side of his head. Uh, Mammy decided to have an open casket funeral. Emmett's till bodies was mutilated, um, and it was on display for everyone to see. People were devastated, hurt, mad, fed up. The sight of his body had people weak in the knees. Every black person felt under attack. Emmett didn't deserve that. 50,000 people saw Emmett with their own eyes in Chicago, and then Jet Magazine ran the photos of Emmett's decapitated body, well, not decapitated, but mutilated body for the world to see. Roy Bryant and J.W. Milam admitted to take in Emmett, but claimed to let him go, just, you know, and they went on trial in Mississippi. The white residents were lobbying for the two men they were raising money for him. They was pissed off that these men were even on trial. Black people were living in fear in Mississippi, having to hide what they know, hide their opinions if they didn't want to be murdered as well. Mose Wright testified on the two men coming to his house um, and taking him in, and he had to get out of town right after that. Anonymous, 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 <laughs> anonymously. 
he had to get out of town. Y'all know how them words be tricky. Do not laugh at me, okay? Um, that testimony, he testified um, right after he testified about the two men coming to his house, which was Ray Bryant and J.W. Mitem, he immediately boarded a train to Chicago and he never went back. The man was 64 years old. He couldn't handle no stress like that, having a run and had for the rest of his life because ever since the men came to his house that day and took Emmett, he was in hiding. Mose Wright was in hiding. When Mammy arrived in Mississippi for the trial, the crowd were unsympathetic. Mammy was standing strong for her son. The all-white jury found the man not guilty after a five-day trial. The jury claimed that the state failed to prove that the body pulled from the river was Emmett, and that was BS. Um, Mammy said she knew that that was her son, and it was, in fact, Emmett Till. The acquittal set off headlines everywhere from Boston to Los Angeles. Mammy Till went on a tour to tell Emmett's story, um, and so... Roy Bryant and J.W. Milam, they were protected by the double jeopardy law, which states that you cannot be tried for the same crime twice once you've been acquitted. So Roy Bryant and J.W. Milam, they sold their story to a magazine for $4,000. They admitted to kidnapping Emmett and taking him. They said they took turns pistol whipping him. They shot him right by his ear um, and they dumped his body after tying a cotton gin fan to his neck. They claimed they just wanted to scare him. They also stated that they buried his, sh they burned his shoe, and it took a long time for the shoes to burn because they were good shoes. Mammy Till went to Washington to press the federal government, you know, to press charges, and President Dwight D. Eisenhower and J. Edgar Hoover ruled out a federal investigation. No one served time for the death of Emmett Till. And after the trial, black customers boycotted the Bryant store and they went out of business as they should have because it's just like a lot of these stores, even today, most of their business come from black consumers because that's all we know how to do is shop and spend and spend and shop. And we never be appreciated as customers. And customer service mean everything to me. And that, you guys, was the story of Emmett Till. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back with Frederick Douglass Part 2. That will be the next podcast. We got to finish out Frederick Douglass' story. Um, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. Pictures can be found on the Instagram at Pain Power Podcast. Um, please send all messages and suggestions to painpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I will link all the sources in the show notes. And for anything, VH Consulting Professionals, Pain Power Podcast, or even if you checked out my true crime podcast, Love or Obsession, Anything relating to me or the brand, you can check out VelmaHood.com to purchase merchandise. Um, I will be putting a blog post. And just stay tuned, you guys. Thank you again for listening. Um, it's Queen. I love you guys. Peace out.